With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, 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 sit back, relax, and let me talk to you for a second. Good people, this is Destination Debbie, and y'all know who it is. It's your boy, Ray G, the captain of this here thing that we do. Appreciate you checking out the channel. Appreciate you rocking with me. Thank you so very much, man. This this thing is growing. We're doing good things and trying to keep y'all ahead of the game in this crazy world that we call fantasy football. So if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you do that. That's where I tweet out random stuff, right? If I'm if I'm watching prospects, just tweeted some stuff out about Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from University of Florida. I can't run the YouTube every time I have a thought or opinion, so make sure you're following me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. Do a lot of good stuff over there. And if this is your first time on the channel, Thank you. I appreciate you. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button. Dude, I appreciate the engagement in the comments. I try to respond to as many as you guys as possible. Truly, truly appreciate the engagement, man. That's what makes this thing go around. Y'all are helping grow Destination Debbie along with me. Could not do it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're listening and haven't subscribed, just press the button. I promise you when the alerts come through, it's going to be good shit that touches your ears. But this episode of the Rookie Report, shout out to our partner Sleeper Wire Hoose and all the good people over there at Sleeper Wire DLF where the podcast is housed at and Blue Wire, the official show sponsor, man. Got to give those guys a shout out before we get rolling. I had a, a good show lined up for you. I had something special. I had a special treat because as we as we as we close out the fantasy season, you know what I'm saying? Week 13, the final game is this evening. 
Cowboys and the Ravens are playing right now, you know, talking about who did well, well rookies are good. I mean, we, we know that, right? It's, it's time to look ahead. It's time to start thinking about what we're doing in our rookie drafts. And for those of you who come to the channel just to learn about players for your favorite NFL teams, I want to start getting into that. So the rookie report will sort of evolve. I talked about this last week and I'll continue to talk about that throughout this season. But I, I had a very special show. I wanted to do a rookie mock draft for you guys based on potential landing spots off of mock drafts that I've followed. People who do great work at at other sites that have uh, sort of projected where these players land. So I wanted to do a rookie mock draft with you guys today, but we're going to save that. We're going to save it for next week. I might have a guest on. You know, I kind of like doing this thing. I like to control it. I like, I like to do my own thing, right? So we'll see if I can bring a good guest on to kind of talk about some of these rookies in the upcoming 2021 class. But major news popped off. Major news popped off. So we have to dedicate this show to that news. And it's a player that I don't believe in 13 weeks of the rookie report. I don't believe I've talked about this guy. Not one time. Maybe once. I can't remember. I got a decent memory. But I really don't recall talking about this player. And it's a player who I was I was pretty high on coming out of college. I, I talked about him being one of the, the higher rated quarterback prospects in the 2020 class. He was drafted in the second round and he's rode the pine for damn near the entire season. But this past weekend, he got in the game and he played better than the quarterback who was playing before him. And I am talking about the man, Jalen Hurts, the now named starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, it came out today that Jalen Hurts will start this upcoming weekend versus the New Orleans Saints. And what I'm not going to do in this episode is talk about Carson Wentz. This isn't about how Carson Wentz has played, the situation that's gone on around him. Uh, I'm not here to bash on Carson Wentz. I do believe that the Philadelphia Eagles issues are bigger than Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is not helping. Carson Wentz has not played well. When you look at his efficiency metrics, just head over to playerprofiler.com and check out his passing productivity. I mean, danger plays, number one in the NFL with 42 of those. Interceptable passes, number one in the league with 30. He's just, he's not playing well. The Philadelphia Eagles aren't playing well. Why they continue to throw the ball as one of the, the highest pass volume teams in the NFL with no offensive line help is beyond me. They're top five in team pass plays per game. And I believe they've had 10 or 11 different combinations up front on their offensive line. Beyond me, run the damn ball, run Miles Sanders, protect your quarterback. But what do I know? I'm just, I'm just a guy. I'm just a, a couch scout that played Division II football. I know nothing. The best and brightest minds are running the organization, and it seems like they're they, they've ruined Carson Wentz, or they they're ruining this 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 opportunity in a weak NFC East. Um, but Jalen Hurts is now the starting quarterback, and what does that mean for us in dynasty? What does that mean for us in seasonal leagues in redraft? Can is he a player that we can count on? Who the hell was Jalen Hurts? I know a lot of people have been looking up who this player was, how he was during his years in college. And I'll tell you right now, Jalen Hurts' career has was sort of a, a roller coaster of highs and lows and then extremely highs again. And when he was drafted in the second round, I mean, that draft capital right there is, is outstanding. 
you get a quarterback picked at the, you know, the middle of the second round, that's, that's pretty damn good draft capital and pretty indicative of what the team thinks and believes in that player. And although Jalen Hurts at the time that he was drafted was what I call an unfinished product, right? He was still growing. He was still learning to invest that type of draft capital in a player. I truly believe that it was only a matter of when, not if, he got an opportunity to start. And the way that Carson Wentz has played this season sort of gave them the opportunity to go ahead and see what he could do. And when he came in versus Green Bay, he looked pretty good. He looked mobile. He looked decisive. Now, granted, Green Bay didn't have to prepare for him, a total game plan for him. They probably prepared a couple of plays for some Jalen Hurts packages. But this week is going to be really telling. And I think this is going to be a huge week for the Philadelphia Eagles organization, a big week for Carson Wentz, and a big week for Jalen Hurts. So who is Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, uh, coming out of high school, highly talented recruit, four-star prospect uh, out of one of my hometowns, one of my hometowns. I lived in Houston for over 10 years, went to college down there, but right outside of Channel View, Texas, uh, was a stud in high school. Uh, so good that he committed to Alabama in 2015. If you're getting offers from Alabama, you're legit. He was a uh, top 200 player in the country, the number four overall dual threat quarterback in that recruiting class. So six foot two, 220 pounds. He's thick. He's built. Um, he's got speed at the combine. He ran a four, five, nine, 40 yard dash, which is absolutely rolling. You know, uh, that, you know, I know we hear numbers like four, three and four, two, but not a lot of players run that fast. If you're running 4-4, four, 4-5, four, four, you're moving. And for a quarterback to move that fast when the defensive line is pressuring you and you can just kind of skirt through there and, and turn on the afterburners, that's legit. So Jalen Hurts' athletic profile uh, is definitely there. And when you look at his collegiate career, coming out of high school, he entered Alabama and started as a true freshman, which is kind of you know unheard of. And not only did he start in his true freshman season – you know, he he played well, led them to multiple SEC title games, national championship games, played in, in, in multiple big games throughout his collegiate career. But as a true freshman, 954 rushing yards, 13 rushing TDs to go along with 2,700 passing yards and 23 touchdowns, throwing nine interceptions and a 62% completion percentage as a true freshman in an offense that wanted to establish the run. So we got to see him as a true freshman, really kind of, you know, set it up. Now, if you can go back, if you watch college football, you remember watching those Alabama games. He wasn't sitting back there dissecting defenses, right? It was a one read offense. If your first read wasn't there, take off and run the damn ball. Don't He wasn't progressing through reads. He wasn't doing any of that. And when you look at his average yards per pass attempt, 7.3, he wasn't pushing the ball downfield. Nick Saban and them didn't trust him to push the ball downfield. But what do you expect for a true freshman, right? You don't expect a true freshman to to just go out there and, and be Trevor Lawrence. They're only there's a reason why Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. Yes, he's a better quarterback prospect than Andrew Luck, a better quarterback prospect than Deshaun Watson, a better name him best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. Period. Go argue with the brick wall because I'm straight facts, homie. But Jalen Hurts was not that as a true freshman. Now. Enter his sophomore season, that's when the ride got a little rocky, right? His completion percentage dropped from 62% to right at 60% completion percentage and damn near close to being under that. Threw for 2,000 yards, uh, 17 touchdowns through, uh, through the air, 855 yards on the ground. He really played 
more of this kind of running back quarterback mold in a sophomore season. And the reason that was is they had a quarterback uh, that came in and you all know who that quarterback is, that his name was Tua Tungavailoa. So Tua was there on that 2017 Alabama team. And Tua did not start that season, but he did play. And we got to see him play quite well in certain games. They also had running backs Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough and Najee Harris and Joshua Jacobs and Brian Robinson. So there were there were they had a talented, talented roster um, that season uh, at Alabama. Now, what we saw in that 2017 season that I want to remind a lot of people of was Alabama played Georgia in the national championship game. And if you can go back to that game, Jalen Hurts was a starter. And in that first half, he was putrid, did absolutely nothing. I'm not going to pull the stats up. Just know it was bad. Dude could not, dude couldn't hit water if he fell out of damn boat. I mean, he, he was missing passes. It was just... It was an inept game flow. It just looked bad. Alabama was going to lose that national championship game had they kept Jalen Hurts in the game. So what happened versus Georgia? Well, they made a quarterback switch at halftime. They bring Tua in the game, and the rest was history. Uh, Tua had his moments in that game, but you can clearly see the, the elevation of play at the quarterback position when they inserted Tua Tungabailoa ahead of Jalen Hurts, right? It just, it happened. And it was so interesting to watch that entire offseason play out because the whole, the the debate up and up to that entire season was who's going to be the starting quarterback? Is it Jalen Hurts or is it going to be Tua? Is it Tua or is it going to be Jalen Hurts? And Nick Saban was irritated as hell from spring ball to fall camp to the opening game. I mean, that's one of the sound bites where I believe Maria Taylor asked him who was going to be the starting quarterback or who's going to play quarterback. And Nick Saban said, I ain't going to tell you. So quit asking real agitated with her. Um, because I think he truly did care about Jalen Hurts and he he wanted Hurts to to succeed and he didn't want to put that kid on the spot, but it was evident that the better quarterback for that team to help elevate that that roster was Tua. And in fact, in Jalen Hurts' junior season, Tua was the starting quarterback. He won them a national championship after playing sparingly throughout the season. And he was named the starting quarterback in 2018, and the rest was history with Tua, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Alabama Crimson Tide history. But Jalen Hurts didn't transfer. And that's at that moment, the fact that he stuck with Alabama his junior season after winning a national title, after playing in another national title game, you know, playing for another national title game, they lost that 2016 title to Clemson and Deshaun Watson. But that told me a lot about this kid's character. He said that he wanted to compete. He wanted to play. And he he played okay uh, passing the ball his junior season. Didn't throw 4,000 yards. Was still used uh, sparingly in the running game. I mean, it was to a show. They weren't going to pull him off the field. To it led them to a national championship game in 2018. They lost that title game to Clemson in 2018. That was Trevor Lawrence's true freshman season. Um, so, you know, Hurts, after that year, he had one season of eligibility left. So he decides to transfer, and that was the right move for Jalen Hurts. And he transfers to the QB whisperer, QB whisperer Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. And this was going to be his time. Let's see what you can do, Jalen Hurts, in your final season of college at Oklahoma this is when Lincoln Riley was coming off of uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, Heisman Trophy, number one overall pick. Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy, number one overall pick. 
Can he do it again? Is Jalen Hurts competent enough in the passing game to make that Oklahoma offense click in 2019? And the answer was unequivocally, yes. Yes, he was. It was a new Hurts, man. He had dreads at Alabama. He cut his dreads. He's clean cut. He's, he, you know, he reinvents himself. He, he humbled himself uh, enough to stay in a situation where he wasn't the guy. And I love the mental makeup of a player that does that, right? He didn't bail. He stayed and fought that shit out. And it didn't work out for him, but it did. It didn't work out for him in Alabama, but it did at Oklahoma. His stats at Oklahoma were absolutely bonkers. I mean, he went nuts. 3,800 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 69.7% completion percentage, damn near 70% completion percentage coming off of a a season. We're not going to count his junior season. He really didn't throw the ball that much, but where his career average was about 60 to 61% completion percentage to jump that up. Nine completion percentage points was was outstanding. Now, granted, Big 12 defenses, I get all of that, but he still was delivering the ball. And, uh, you know, he had CeeDee Lamb. He had Charleston Rambo. I mean, he played exceptional from the pocket. He also ran for over 1,200 yards on the ground in 20 TDs as, as this dual threat runner. I mean, we saw him have his most explosive rushing season, his most productive passing season. Now, they got their ass stomped by LSU in the college football playoff game, but who didn't LSU crush? I mean, the greatest college football team probably in, in, in the history of the game, at least offensively. Um, but he finished, you know, Lincoln Riley couldn't pull it off. He couldn't go three for three with Heisman's. Jalen Hurts finished second in the Heisman voting in 2019. But man, I mean, he was outstanding. But let's let's dive in to a couple of the numbers that I thought were really, really interesting about what he did well at Oklahoma as his final season starting, opposed to what he's walking into with the Philadelphia Eagles. So let me just tell you about the Eagles offensive line. We know it's bad. It's it's the worst in the NFL. They've given up 53 sacks, tops in the NFL. Their uh, uh, sack rate, 10.1%. It's two percentage points higher than the next. Well, it the, they, they, their adjusted sack rate is 32 in the NFL, so dead last. 10.1% sack rate. That's one percentage point higher than the next closest team, which is the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. So they can't protect the passer, uh, lead the leagues in sacks. So the offensive line, as, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, it's horrible. It ain't good. They don't have time to throw the ball. And what Jalen Hurts was able to do well in college was have time in the pocket. Uh, he was number one, number one time in the pocket, three seconds. Three seconds was his average time in the pocket at Oklahoma during his final season. Tops in college football. He had more time than anybody in college football to sit back there, read defenses, wait for C.D. Lamb to get open and throw the ball. And because of that, he had one of the highest touchdown rates. He threw for some of the most yards from the pocket because he had so much damn time in the pocket. Now, Let's talk about when he was under pressure, right? His completion percentage under pressure because he's going to be under pressure uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and that about bad offensive line. He was 15th in the country, so he he performed really well. 54% completion percentage under pressure. The national leader in 2019 was Joe Burrow. His completion percentage was 66% when he was under pressure. And 
Joe Burrow damn near through 80% completion percentage in his final season of college. Just kind of unreal. But Jalen Hurts was a top 15 quarterback when under pressure. So when he had time in the pocket, he was the he had the most time in the pocket. He was efficient. When he was under pressure, he was pretty good. He was a top 15 quarterback in college football. His deep ball passing was outstanding. He really improved at that at, at Oklahoma. 1,234 yards in deep passing attempts, balls that travel 20 yards downfield or more, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, right? The leader in deep pass attempts in the country last year, Joe Burrow, with over 1,700 yards. So I say all of this to say the the situation that Hurts is coming from as a, as a full-time player, I know we saw him for about a quarter and a half of, of game, a quarter of football last Sunday, but his last full time playing from start to finish a full 60 minutes, he had more time than anybody in the pocket. He was able to sit back there, dissect defenses, and we know what he's walking into in Philadelphia is not going to be the case. He is not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. They've already given up a ton of sacks. Who knows who's playing on that offensive line? And right now they're not running the ball well. What does he have that should make us excited? He has a couple of weapons. He's got a young, good tight end in Dallas Goddard, one of the you know top tight ends in the league, at least top talents in the league at the tight end position. The wide receiver core is very unproven, very unproven. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Rager and the talent, and we saw some of that versus Green Bay. We saw him on a long punt return touchdown. We also saw one completion from Jalen Hurts to Jalen Rager for 34 yards. Travis Fulgham, he started out the season, man. When he had an opportunity, he was he was money. The past couple of weeks, I don't even know if he's had a catch, man. He just he looks non-existent. He's dropping balls. He's losing balls in the light. So you've got Travis Fulgham. You have Jalen Rager. Alshon Jeffrey is decrepit and old. They need to get him off of the field. But who else are you going to put out there? Greg Ward, converted quarterback, playing wide receiver. Miles Sanders not running like he needs to run. I mean, out of the backfield, it looks like Boston Scott's probably the most explosive guy. But what Jalen Hurts can do is he is mobile. He 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 has an ability to say, okay, the first read in there, second read isn't there, I'm taking off and going. And I think for fantasy, that's why we should be kind of excited because he has that Kunami code type ability in his repertoire where, I mean, he finished the game with, I believe, over 100 passing yards. I don't know how many rushing yards he had, but I saw him take off a couple of times. And while he is not Lamar Jackson type explosive, he is more explosive and faster than Carson Wentz is right now. And, you know, Carson Wentz is taking a beating. He's taking a beating. So I'm not faulting him for not being able to move around like we've seen Carson Wentz move around in the past. But you get those fresh legs in there. You get something to spark a team who, believe it or not, is still very much in the playoff hunt in the NFC East. Now, I know Washington had a big win versus the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. But Philadelphia is not out of this thing. And this game versus New Orleans, I mean, he's not playing against Drew Brees. Taysom Hill has played very well. But you're looking at two of almost kind of the same player. The difference is Taysom Hill has been in the NFL for much longer than Jalen Hurts. New Orleans is going to have time to scheme around him. What do I think is going to happen with Jalen Hurts? I think he's going to show, I think he's going to play well. I, I believe he's going to play well. Do I believe that he's the long-term answer in Philadelphia? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I, 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 we, we all have to see it. I think we all want to see what he's going to do. Do I believe that Carson Wentz is absolutely done? He's cooked. He's toast. He's, I don't believe that. 
I think Carson Wentz is still a starting quarterback in this league. As you look around, uh, there's some bad quarterback play right now. And I'm not going to sit here and fault all of Philadelphia's woes on Carson Wentz. Again, he has not played well. I am not excusing him or absolving him from his issues with this offense, but it is not all on Carson Wentz. This is probably good for everybody involved. It's good for the players. It's good for the team. It's good for the fan base. And for us in fantasy and in dynasty, it's intriguing to see what he can be. I've got uh, some people that I know intimately involved with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me just say this. Let me just say that. They, 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 they know what's going on inside of that locker room and they're excited. This, this, this individual, these individuals are excited about this change and let's see what these coaches do. Scheme him to fit what he does well. I, I, NFL coaches that try to make, make players fit into their round holes and making the square peg fit in this round hole cater to what he does well. I expect to see him run the ball quite often. A lot of RPOs, a lot of one reads. Get him, get him some screen plays. Do some touch passes to Rager. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. Don't make him drop back five and seven step drops and have him read the New Orleans Saints defense that has Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore and Cam Jordan up front that can get after the pre- get after the passer Trey Hendrickson. They've got pass rushers. They've got defenders that can make life hell on Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts has a skill set. And this dude's mental makeup, I, I know we can't measure that. I can't give you some data and analytical stats on mental makeup, but I like this kid. What I've seen from him throughout his collegiate career, what he's had to go through, the growth, the the humble, you know, the, the fact that he humbled himself to stay in a situation where he could have bailed as soon as the coach said, you're not the starter. I like what he brings to the table. Everything I'm hearing is he's a tremendous worker. He's a he's a leader. So he's a player that I am happy that I have multiple, multiple uh, exposures to in Dynasty. I'm excited about him uh, for fantasy and his future. And I'm, I'm excited to watch him play this weekend. So I guess this video is either, either going to age really, really well or going to age really, really poorly, depending on what Jalen Hurts does this upcoming weekend, but I appreciate you rocking with me. I, I just, I love conversing with you and talking about these guys and, uh, you know, just, just engaging with the community. I appreciate everybody that, that comes to this channel that relies on me for content that subscribes to the podcast that subscribes to this channel. And for those of you who, who like what I'm laying down and you find it, you know, within your resources or within your, your financial situation to support on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I appreciate you guys as well. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We got other good stuff coming um, this weekend, college football. We got some big games coming up. Elite Seekers podcast, my man, Ben EB, uh, at your boy, Jay Rich, Jordan Richards. Appreciate y'all coming to the channel. Appreciate Sleepwire, DLF, all the other good people. But hey, man, I'm out of this thing, man. Drop the music. might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts.